Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And so uh, just a quick review, I'm not going to spend much time on that, but the action towards others, the humility, that action towards others, loving others. Um, Christ is our example. He came to what? Serve and be obedient to the Lord. That was his mission. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to serve. And uh, when we submit and give way and agree to the spirit of love inside of us, we will properly serve one another. Remember, God won't put us in a relationship in a bad place when we're listening to the Holy Spirit. He'll keep us where we need to be. Um, we looked at Ephesians 4, chapter, or chapter 4, verse 3, make every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. We are responsible for our own humble heart, right? We're not responsible for the person next to us. That's just frustrating because we can't change the person next to us, right? We can pray for them, but we cannot change them. And that can be frustrating if we're so focused on everybody else around us and what they're doing or not doing and not focusing on ourselves. That's not humility. Now, if God lays somebody on your heart to pray for, that's one thing. But to sit there and try to change somebody is a waste of time. Not our place. But praying for them and walking in love to, towards them, I believe, actually releases grace to them to help them change, right? And so we don't want to get into that. We looked at Colossians 3.14. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love, the perfect bond of unity, for everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. So today, uh, when we look into the help in humility, we're going to look at two areas. And the first one is humility provides more grace, all right? So let's turn to chap uh, James chapter 4. And, uh, or it releases grace into our life, right? We're not going to start in verse 1, but if you, what's happening in those first few verses is it was a rebuke to the condition of the church in Jerusalem. They were being fleshy. They were being carnal, right? And so a rebuke came, and I'm not, you guys, that's why you guys can read that one on your own, right? I'm not even going to touch that. I'm gonna, we're going to look at, at what coming to the Lord does and what it provides, but they were living in the condition of worldliness, how many think we might have some of that in the church today? Right? It's there. It's trying to just seep in anywhere it can. Worldliness. And so that's what Paul was dealing with there um, at that church in Jerusalem. And, but we're going to start in verse 6. And it says, But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So this is... What I think a lot of this verse means is that these people are in sin, but what, what he was saying here is if you go to God when you're having issues, not just when everything feels right and good, but going to God in every situation in your life, you're going to get more grace. Grace stacked upon grace upon grace upon grace. Do you receive more grace to get through a situation when you're in pride? No, it says God resists the proud, right? But he gives grace to the humble. So a lot of times in, in Christianity, and I love uh, 
uh, Brother Jim talked about this quite a bit, is that we, we just think that, you know, like we're in trouble or we're all of this stuff. But what God is saying is, come to me. I give more grace when you just come to me and you come honestly and openly before me and then I will give you grace in that situation. So difficult situations, maybe hang-ups in the flesh, whatever it is, uh, situations in relationship, job, come to me. I want to help you, right? Come to me. I want to help you. In the New Living, uh, verse 6 says, he gives grace generously. Then NASB says he gives greater grace. So we are given more grace even when sin and lust and flesh rise in us. I mean, that is a good God, right? And we're going to look at what Romans says about that. But God's grace is sufficient to help the believer be completely loyal to him. If you think about this, nothing that we have to do in our relationship with the Lord is in our own strength. Now, we have to submit to him, but what I'm saying is even in that submission, the grace of God comes along in such an overflowing way, we'll see it, that it helps you to even live for him and make right decisions. So remember, we've talked about this, is that we are responsible to just go to him to be open to him, to submit to him. Really, that's relationship. That's relationship. We're called to relationship with God. When you are in relationship with the Lord and you are communing with God, you will hear his voice and you will desire to, to, to heed what he's saying, not necessarily in your flesh, right? But in your spirit, you will have a desire to hear what he's saying and be quick to obey, be willing and obedient and eat the good of the land. But the step, the first step and the step that we have to take is that submission and actually going to him. We do so many things that we just don't even go to him on. Or it feels right in our emotion. You know what I mean? Remember, we talked about Brother Hagin said your spirit and your soul are like this. You have to be in communion with the Lord and fellowship with him on a daily basis to know that's the Lord speaking to me. To be in that, that place of hearing, right? And we can get better and better at that, at hearing the voice of the Lord and being quick to obey. But, uh, but he gives us grace to be loyal to him. In Romans 5.10, it says, where sin nature abounds, grace abounds much more. So where sin nature abounds, grace, a lavished, bountiful, overflowing nature of God, it depicts a river overflowing the banks, way beyond measure, grace, so what happens is, is that, and, and what this is saying is there's no temptation that can come to us from the world, the flesh, or the devil that the Lord has not made a provision or a way of escape for. Even if it's a little annoying hang-up in your flesh that you're continuing to deal with. If you continue to purpose to go to the Lord and hear what he's saying about that situation, you will get into a place of freedom in that area in your life. There's, God would be a liar if we couldn't. So sometimes we think, well, we, we kind of 
we gauge things. Well, this is real hard. Well, this is kind of easy. And this is no. There is a grace, an overflowing grace supplied for everything that we face, whether that be in our flesh, a temptation of our flesh, whether that be in our job, relationships, go down the line. There is a grace for everything and a way and a path. Remember, we looked at Proverbs. He makes straight your path. He makes straight your path. How many believe he does that? He is a good God. If I think about things in my life that have been a little bit frustrating, if I'm really honest with myself, I would have to say that I probably haven't quieted myself down enough to listen to what he's telling me to do. Because his instruction is on point and perfect every single time. Whether it feels like it to your flesh or not, it is. I think God just loves watching his kids, because what faith pleases him, loves watching his children when something looks total, it looks like you're going the total opposite direction of what you think you should go, but you're like, no, God, I trust you. I have faith in you. That pleases him. That pleases him. How many love to please the Lord? Because we can, right? We can please the Lord. But uh, grace not only comes to us at the new birth, but it's a never-ending fountain to draw from for every situation that we face, serious or not serious. As we Remember, we categorize things. God would have something to say about pretty much everything if you asked him. Now, I'm not talking about picking your cereal or whatever. I, don't, I mean, maybe he would. If you're eating too many Cocoa Puffs, maybe you need to stop, right? And he would tell you to stop. But you know what I'm saying. God wants to be, um, I can't even remember how Jim put it, but this is what we're talking about, that we're not, we're not separating this part of our life and this part of our life and this part of our life, and God's in this part. He is walking with us. In him we live and we move and we have our being. So in my day, I am in God, God in me. In my job, I am in God, God in me. In my relationships, you see what I'm saying? It, on and on. You name it. I am not walking this life for me and in me. I've tried my own strength in things, and it's just not as good as God's. Right? It's just not as good as God's. It doesn't even compare. And... Um, <clears throat> It is the favor from the, grace is the favor from the Lord that you did not deserve and the ability of God through the Holy Spirit to be more than a conqueror. We need a realization that there is a fountain of grace, living and alive grace and, and strength and ability sitting in us waiting to be drawn from. There is a fountain, a wells on the inside of us. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. If we just put aside our own and our own thinking and our own purposes sometimes on things and just get in and listen to the Lord, you will find that you will have favor like you've never experienced before. Grace is favor. How many want more favor on their life? You're telling me that you could have favor on everything that you put your hand to? Yes, I am. Everything. 
Favor, 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 favor in the grocery store, favor with parking spots. Favor, I'm just, I'm getting, like, just real natural things, too. Favor, this, the, the favor of God just resting on you. There is grace for areas that have tripped us up. There is grace for areas that have continually tripped us up. And what I've realized about myself is that, um, you know, there just have been some certain things that I've dealt with in life or whatever, and... I don't know why it had to take this long, but when I finally got in and heard from the Lord, I'm like, oh, I've been doing that probably for 15 years. Was the Lord wanting me to stay there for 15 years? No, it's just that I realized, thank the Lord for his mercy and his grace. But the Lord is calling us to this place of relationship and communion with him that is so close that we just ooze grace. That it just, it just explodes out of us. It, it just, it, it, it actually affects our, our demeanor, our countenance. Just the grace of God, the love of God. And that comes from having a humble heart and submitting to the Lord. In Hebrews 4.16, and we'll turn there and then we're going to turn back to James. But Hebrews 4.16, and I'm actually I'm going to start in 14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help, or in t to help in time of need. If, if, you, if, if we're continually, and we see this sometimes, people, they give their heart to the Lord and then they, you just don't see them. They just stop. They just, there's no growth. They don't know that they can go to the throne of grace and receive help for that very thing that is tripping them up. There is so much grace. God made it so easy that we would be able to stand before him one day and would not be able to say, I couldn't do it, I didn't have enough strength, I didn't have enough ability. So he is saying that I want you to take all that I am, power, strength, ability, and I'm going to put it inside of you, and then you're going to live from that place. And you're going to have the victories that I already supplied for you. And you're going to walk in places that I've already set forth for you. I, you're going to walk in freedoms that I've already purchased for you. But if we don't tap in and draw from and humble ourselves and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Today's your day. My life is your life. Then he doesn't just... You've got to draw on it. You've got to pull it out. You've got, to ex you've got to desire and expect it and want it. That more grace. You see what I'm saying? There's more. 
And so uh, in the Amplified, actually, verse 16, I love this. It says, let us then fiercely and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in time for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. That is available to us in every single situation. Why do we struggle and strive and work and strive and work and try to be our own strength when God says, I've got grace for you for that situation, just come talk to me. Just come be with me. Just come sit with me. Man, we are finding out in our life that we don't have time for much anything else. And I'm talking, we've got plenty of time for our family, but I'm saying we don't have time for TV. And uh, if you want to get down and hear from the Lord, you're going to find yourself in a place of cutting some things out in your life. And I'm telling you, that's where we're at as a body of Christ. I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, no, when I was awake last night in the middle of the night. I think about a lot of things. Learning to shut my mind down and go right back to bed. But, uh, but I was thinking about this. What if they stopped treating people if they didn't have certain vaccines? Do we trust the leading of the Holy Ghost enough and the power of the resurrection on the inside of us enough to be okay with that? And I'm not against doctors. But you get what I'm saying. Do we trust him enough? I'm talking where they are providing nothing for you and everything is provided from your trust and your confidence in God that he is going to see you through to where you need to get to. He's going to feed you from ravens if he needs to. I love that. Andrew Womack has this study about Elijah and, uh, and Elijah, the Lord said, go there. It was uh, by the, the river of, what's that? Yeah, I, I can't remember what that river was, but he said, go there, which means that in obedience to what the Lord was saying was Elijah's provision over there. It's where God is telling you to be. And I'm not just talking about a place. I'm talking about his provision is in the leading of the Holy Ghost every single time. He does not fail. He cannot fail. His leading is in his provision. I mean, his provision is in his leading. You get what I'm saying. All right? So the more you go to him and have the wholeness of your heart turns toward, towards him, he heaps of, the heaps of undeserved blessings just keep on a-coming. Heaps. That's what one translation says. Heaps of grace and undeserved blessing and favor just keep coming to you. So you're telling me that in any, anything I want, I can go to him and get some direction from him and have heaping grace? Yes, that is exactly what I'm telling you. In everything that you want to take to him, he will lead you in such a way that is heaping, overflowing its banks of grace to you. Why do we leave some parts out for him to help us with? Mostly because pride. 
Because we don't want to deal with us. That's difficult. Ask me how I know. I've had to deal with some things in me that I didn't want to see. And the awesome thing about, there are so many great things about the Lord. But he is such a father that when you go to him with an open, humble heart and he speaks to you, just tweak this a little bit. He not only tells you what you need to adjust in your life, but he said, if you obey me in that adjustment, I will heap grace on you and my ability to help you overcome that issue. Why do we run from him? Why do we run from the throne of grace? When technically we're supposed to sit there because we're seated in Christ in heavenly places. We are seated in grace. It's already ours. What humility does in coming to the Lord is it just taps from that fountain and that well. That's grace. So you can feel stuck in an area if you continually turn from grace. You need his grace. You cannot do this on your own. Do you know what that's called when a believer does this on their own? Frustrating. Absolutely frustrating because you know the promise, but you're not experiencing it in your life. And you know God's good and he doesn't withhold any good thing from you. So what's left? Maybe I'm not just sitting and waiting and listening and hearing what he has to say about my situation. Humility is to go to him because you hold him in his proper position as king of your life and to not be afraid, even if it's a correction that you need to make. He wants to help you overcome because he is merciful and supplies you with the help to get through. Humility, remember, from the word is our greatest asset. We're going to do what God's called us to do then we need to be humble before him. Because I certainly do not have enough strength and ability in myself to make this run. And I refuse to die early because I try. Faith is a rest. Humility really is a place of rest. Because you're not so um, dependent on your own self and what you can accomplish, but your dependency is on God and what he can accomplish through his grace in you and his ability. Uh, think about that. God's ability on the inside of us to release to any situation, that is available for each one of us right here, right now. And it's a never-ending fountain, so you can never use up all that grace. It's just going to keep flowing, and it's just going to keep abounding, and it's just going to keep being available, and it's just going to be, keep being more than enough, and it's going to keep being sufficient, and it's going to keep being um, um, overflowing. 
It doesn't end, and it doesn't weaken, and you can't use it all up. Hallelujah. So why don't you just use as much grace as you need every day? Go to him. Amen? Proverbs 3.34, we're not going to turn there for the sake of time, but surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The NIV says he shows favor to the humble. The Amplified says, yet he gives his grace, his undeserved favor to the humble, those who give up self-importance. I like that. I'm not that important. I think you guys are pretty important. But we've got to get I and me and selfishness out of the way, man. But we're not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning. So pride is self-sufficiency on a man's part, which has always been resisted by God. Think about that. God can't release grace to a self-sufficient person like he wants to. He can't. It's not because he doesn't want to and he's trying to teach us a lesson. It's because he can't. Because he doesn't, um, he doesn't go against his word. He's like, come on, just come to me. I got grace for you. You will see. He's got grace. If submission to him was made up, if submission to him was what made us a new creation and salvation, what makes you think that it wouldn't be submission to experience the benefits that came with salvation? We had to say, yes, Lord, I received salvation. That was a grace. That was by grace, through faith. Everything else you receive from the Lord is going to come the exact same way, by grace, through faith. Submission to what he's making available to you. Saying, yeah, Lord, I, I need that. I'll take that. We couldn't do salvation on our own. We couldn't be good enough to earn it. We can't be good enough to walk victorious through this life. We need his victory. We need his grace. Amen? So he wants you to succeed so much that he has given you a surefire way to win every single time. Every single time you can win in every situation. Doesn't always feel like you're winning, but if, with you, if you're with God, you won. You win. The second one is humility, a powerful tool against the enemy. Let's go back to James, and this is in verse 7. Therefore, submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So humility, we've talked about, is submission, right? Put yourselves, submit is to put yourselves under God's authority. Ever be subject to God. The NLT says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. See, we see that word, humble. And he will flee from you. So submission to God is our part. He doesn't make us do that. Just like he didn't make us submit to what he's done in salvation and receive that. Submission is our part. That's a pretty easy part. I think we have the good end of the deal. Not easy on your flesh all the time, but think about it. 
You get to hang out with Jesus all day long and talk with him on a personal level and allow his grace to come into your every day and help you. And all you have to do is acknowledge that he's there and recognize him and keep a relationship with a pretty great person. Jesus Christ. The man. Jesus Christ. That's a sweet deal. That is a good deal. So we cannot, now this is, I I want you to get this, okay? Because it says in verse 7, Therefore submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. You cannot have a resistance without a submission. Let me say that again. You cannot have a resistance without a submission. You don't have the power to resist the devil in and of yourself. Submission is what releases the grace for you to even be able to resist in the first place. That is so good. You can't have a resistance without a submission. And this is why, um, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the strength or grace to resist the devil comes, comes from our submission to his word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes you'll see Christians doing this. Man, they're just resisting the devil. They're just fighting the devil. I'm going to get this. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, which is true, right? But they're not listening and obeying. I've done this to what the Lord has led them to do in that situation. So what they're doing over here and they're resisting is just beating the air and getting nowhere. In fact, they're tiring their body out so much, but they think they're, they're resisting when they haven't asked the Lord where they're supposed to submit in the first place. Let me share this with my own testimony. You guys remember health things, the enemy attacked my body, right? I went to the Lord because I knew this is what your word says. I know this is what you say, because remember, it's important to know actually what he says, right? This is what you fight with. This is your weapon. These, this is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. There is so much life in this word that it completely obliterates the enemy. I mean, completely obliterates. It is, the, it is the sword. It is our weapon. We need to know our weapon. If you don't know your weapon, start there. Know your weapon. Be in the word. Be in the word. But in my own... Um, in my own situation here, um, it was a little bit frustrating because I was going to every kind of doctor there was. You know, they thought I had a stroke. They thought I had a heart attack. Then they tried to tell me I probably had MS, the beginnings of MS. Then they tried to tell me, what else? I don't know. They were shooting. They were they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't pinpoint it. So I think they came down to what they thought, which was migraines. And if you've ever had migraines, that's from the devil. But 
I wasn't getting any answers. Now, I had built myself up on the Word of God so much that it didn't matter what doctor I was going to, whether it be a neurologist, the heart specialist, or any of those. I went in knowing it doesn't matter what they tell me. God, your Word is truth. I established that. But after they said, well, we don't know. We just really don't know. Well, we're just going to give you this name? But I didn't even have it yet. You know what I mean? I mean, like, they were, like, saying, we're going to put this on here, like MS. That one made me mad. We're going to put this one on here because you have one little sign that could be, and then they tell you that, and then you have to fight that in your mind. The devil is dirty and rotten, and that's what he does. So I had to go before the Lord, and you can ask my family, there was that chunk of time where they would watch movies, and I would, I would listen to healing, I would, you know, and immediately my mind went to, well, I just need to say the healing scriptures over and over again over me. Now, I'm not saying that's bad, but when you're in a situation in the leading of the Holy Spirit, you are looking for the rhema word of God. You are looking for. So the submission that it's talking about here, I wasn't able to just go and submit to the word and just say, now the word is health and medicine to all your flesh, correct? So it doesn't hurt to read the word. But you need some divine rhema direction, life into that situation. And you only get that one way. By getting near God. In his, I mean, we are near him, but you know what I'm saying? Getting in your closet and spending time with him and finding out, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? Because I could tell you every healing scripture there is, and I could say it five times a day over this situation, which is always good, right? That's not bad, but I need to know exactly what you need me to do. And so he spoke to me, and he gave me one scripture. And he said, um, he said, uh, oh man, the scripture just like went right out there. Come back here. Oh, uh, no. I'll get it. That's funny. But we're submitting to the word that he says in that moment. And you get that because you are in com constant communion and relationship with God. That you don't do anything that he doesn't tell you to do. And you do what he says for you to do. Because you know that if I can just stick close to God and I can hear what he has to say and then I put uh, my feet to it, I put action to it, then grace will be released into that situation in such large amounts that it'll be like, how is that? People will look at you, how was that possible? Because all things are possible with God. And those that believe... All things are possible, right? So the scripture he gave me was, my word is health and medicine to all your flesh. So I didn't go to a particular scripture. I just started eating the word. It didn't matter if the word I was eating was finances. That's not what he told me. He didn't say stay away from the finance scriptures. He didn't say stay away from walking in love scriptures. He didn't say any of that. He said, my word is health and medicine to all your flesh. So I started eating health and medicine. 
I started taking it in because that's the word he gave me. And slow, uh, not slowly, I mean, God, God he's, not, he's not late. He's not late, okay? So I don't want you to think that. But I have progressively been getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and things where I couldn't even stand up the first six months that I was going through that without wanting to, needing to pass out and getting so weak. I, get this, I, I recognize this. On Friday, I went shopping from, oh, I slept in and did my devotion and then I went, I'm not that crazy, right? I went shopping from like 9 o'clock in the morning to 6.30 at night. Didn't stop. Then I got up on Saturday. I got up on Saturday. And I did stuff for Glorious and prep for that and did Christmas trees and stuff from, I don't know what time, the same amount of time. It doesn't matter. I had so much energy it was a notable difference to me. And I knew, God, you have taken me from a weak point to a strong point because you're faithful. That when I come to you and I humble myself before you, you're going to tell me exactly which way to go. And not only that, you're going to help me in the way to go with so much help and so much ability and so much strength from you that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to make it through. But I'll tell you what, in that process of walking out this healing in my own life, I had to come to some things that hurt my flesh. And maybe I've shared this with some, but I was, I was allowing bitterness in my heart towards a certain situation that shouldn't have been there. Brother Hagen would talk about if you have, if you get out of love, he would go after it tooth and toenail. I, apparently that means, like, it's difficult to get your tooth down to your toenail. Texas. He would get after it because unforgiveness and not walking in love is like a poison in your body. And it causes strife. And where strife is, you don't get answered prayers. You just, you just don't. You get, you're frustrated. You're a frustrated Christian because you can't go to the Lord and have him tell you, you've got unforgiveness here. You better get it out. And then even when I found out I did, I said, Lord, I don't know how to do that on my own, but this is what your word says, that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. So by faith, that is who I am and that is what I release. That's how you do that. That is submitting to his word on love and then obeying it by just saying, this is who I am and walking in that and then he gives you even more grace to walk in that love. He helps you. He's a really good helper. He is the helper, capital H. The helper. 
So the relationship and daily communion with him puts us in a proper place of humility before him and where we can come in, in and completely wreck the devil's day and his plans. That's what communion with the Lord does. That's what relationship with him does. It wrecks the devil's plan. And sometimes you'll have to deal with hard things in your life that you don't want to admit are there. But I'll tell you what, the freedom that comes, you can't get that any other way. There is no substitute for humbling yourself before the Lord. You will be a frustrated Christian. You will be a frustrated believer. The leading of the Holy Spirit will speak to you exactly what to do in each situation. And that is the word that you submit to, the rhema word of God for that specific thing and time. Uh, rhema, the rhema word, is the spoken word of God. We need the written word as our foundation, but we also need the spoken word, rhema, for direction. We have the written word to stand on. We have the rhema, spoken word, so we know what to do and where to go in each situation. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he quickens a scripture verse or specific direction to you, a specific word for a specific time and purpose. That's why you need to treasure this word in your heart. Because then you don't have to have this while you're, you know, in your job. Okay, let me see what to do here. Let me see what to do here. No, you'll have this buried like treasure in you. So that when something comes up and you need to submit to the word of God and resist the devil and watch him run in terror from you, that you come to that place of submission and the Lord brings up and out of your spirit comes this scripture, this rhema word of God. And then you release it out of your mouth and the power. If we could see the power that is released when the Holy Ghost prompts you on a word and then you release it out of your mouth, I think in the spiritual, it's like really something cool. I don't even know how to describe it except for a really cool fight scene. You know, I like Marvel movies. Really cool fight scene where it's like, you know, like, and you know, I mean, just like perfect on the... Mark, obliteration of the devil. Now remember, faith, you don't need to see it with your natural eyes. You believe it because, the God, because God said it, and you know it's truth. That it's working. So I didn't need to see every single day and check every symptom that his word was health and medicine to all my flesh. I just know what your word says you're working on my behalf you're straightening everything out in my body you're making it right you created it once you can recreate it and make it new again hallelujah this is why it's so important not to just get your stars like Jim was talking about but have a thriving relationship with the Lord healing from my body was there was anointed wisdom in his leading. Wisdom of man is nothing in comparison to the wisdom of God. It's foolishness. And when you have the wisdom of God on a situation, it's not just, oh, that's a good idea. No, his wisdom is power-packed. It's perfect. 
It's exactly what you need in that situation. So verse 8 says, real quickly here, says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The thought is of entering into communion with the Lord. This is the humble person of whom God will give more grace. Draw near to him. And he will draw near to you. Hallelujah. So where in our lives do we need to humble ourselves and come before him? Where are you frustrated? Because maybe you just need to listen to his instruction and submit to that word. It's the word that he leads you to submit to that will cause you to be able to resist the enemy in the first place. That rhema word. God is faithful, and he has provided every tool that we need to walk through this life and be victorious. The question is always, how sensitive will we be to him in our life? And open to his correction, if need be, and his guidance. Because he knows more than us, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So let's be at even a greater level people of humility that run to the Lord. That seek his face. Not just in the things that we think, but in everything. All our ways acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight our path. Honor him. Honor his presence. Honor his word. Honor his, the Holy Spirit that leads us. Honor one another. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.